Let's get ready to roll. Lead Like a Lady features amazing women at the top of their game who know what it's like to be the only woman in the room. They're here to share their stories, inspire greatness, and provide advice to all the women coming up behind them. Now, here's your host, Army veteran and retired FBI assistant special agent in charge, Gina L. Osborne. Welcome to Lead Like a Lady. I'm your host, Gina L. Osborne. Today, we are venturing out into the wide world of sports, Major League Baseball, that is, with Molly Jolly, the highest-ranking woman in the Angels baseball franchise. We'll talk about what led her to this male-dominated field, the importance of listening, intuition, and the art of negotiation, and the work she's doing to develop our future leaders through the Girl Scouts of Orange County. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired. Welcome to the show, Molly. Thank you, Gina. I'm happy to be here. Molly, you are no stranger to working in male-dominated fields. What path did you take to become the highest-ranking woman in the Angels baseball franchise? It's an interesting question because I did not start in my youth thinking I was going to grow up and work in sports. Actually, the thought really never crossed my mind. My father was a tax accountant. He had his own firm. I really knew at a young age I liked business. I liked leading and organizing. I liked math. Um, And so I really pursued a path. My undergraduate degrees in economics and accounting and thought, I am going to be a partner in a CPA firm and one of the big firms. And, and that was really kind of the goal that I had. I worked for Arthur Anderson for a period of time, but I had a wonderful opportunity to actually work in Anchorage, Alaska, in the oil industry for Arco Alaska, which was certainly non-traditional. It was just a unique personal opportunity. And there was just something about that adventure at where I was, you know, in my 20s and that made me say yes. Uh, I, I know, remember my parents being like, what did we do to you to uh, get you? I grew up in Florida, went to college in Massachusetts, and then ended up in Alaska. And they're like, what exactly did we do that you're now living in Alaska? And that was a non-traditional role. I worked in the oil industry. And, and even though I was in a traditional function in, in finance and accounting, I had a number of opportunities through that work, you know, where you're out on the oil field. Um, I did an audit of of spare parts up in Prudhoe Bay and Kaparik. And I remember getting what would most would consider the short straw of having to, I audited drilling mud <laughs> and they gave me a truck and these guys. And I, I heard later that they looked at me like this, who's this little pipsqueak, you know, and went out in the field. And to me, I looked at it as what a cool opportunity. I get to drive around the whole North Slope and see things versus just being in some safe warehouse counting this or doing this. And and so that was non-traditional in just the exposure. I hit a point working in the in for Arco and the oil industry where I really wanted to go back to school. I was in roles where I was I wanted to continue to pursue my education. I also was at a little bit of a crossroad where I knew I liked the discipline that I was in. I liked business. I liked finance. I I was in strategic planning with with Arco. At that point, I transferred down to California. But there was some sort of calling in the sports and entertainment arena. When I lived in in Alaska, uh, there was this hockey team that 
really captivated the community and it was so central to kind of how people lived and the infrastructure of the community itself that I wanted to be part of. And it, it really wasn't related to any work that I did, but I had that kind of feeling inside. So when I went back to grad school, I, I really modeled and, and worked toward finding a way to take my MBA and position myself so that I could make a switch into sports and entertainment if the opportunity presented itself. Then how did you get introduced into the Angels? After graduation, I continued to work in the oil industry and I tried to get a job in sports and I knew the probability was probably um, minimal, but where I was, I was in Southern Cal at the time and I had a lot of flexibility to really travel or go anywhere in in the country. So I was real open. And as luck would have it, there was an opportunity for the director of finance for the Angels and the Ducks, so baseball and hockey. At the time, I knew more about hockey than baseball, which was counterintuitive, but because of the exposure in Alaska, I, I had a, I was a treasurer for a women's hockey league and I played and felt real comfortable with the sport. I had no idea that you played hockey. Because the oil industry and sports were so different, other than them both being male-dominated industries, did you have any concerns about making the transition between the two? I, I really played that transferable skill type of mindset when trying to make the shift. You know, I was concerned that that I wouldn't have the credibility or why should we give you a job in sports? Why are you qualified? What makes you positioned for it? And I really just relied on what I had already learned and how what I had learned and done and the experiences I had really made me a, a great candidate. You know, I worked in an audit firm. I had great fundamental skills. I had worked in a male dominated environment in Alaska with I did upstream drilling and exploration. I came down to Southern Cal. I, I had exposure to the refinery. That's pretty male dominated. It, that never came up in my interview, but I know that it positioned me to not really think twice about whether it was male or female dominated. So what drew you to working in male dominated fields? I can't really put a finger on there was anything per se that drew me to it, although Reflecting back as a child, I know at one point I wanted to go, I wanted to go to West Point and, you know, I have all these lists. And I think a piece of it is I was raised by parents that helped me think anything was possible. And my foundation, as you know, my commitment to the Girl Scouts of Orange County and Girl Scouts, those values were really ingrained into and socialized with me personally that you can be and do anything that you put your mind to, you know, what you envision, you can make that possible. And it gave me the confidence to go after things that I think other people might be shy or timid to attempt because of that self-doubt or self-talk through Girl Scouting and my family of origin and the schooling. I really was instilled with a confidence that I'm incredibly grateful for. And I think that positioned me to to not really contemplate, oh, this is male-dominated or not male-dominated. It was like, this is what interests me. I'm going to pursue what interests me and see where that goes. I love that. And we will definitely talk about the Girl Scouts uh, in, in a little while. So you're the Senior Vice President for Finance and Administration for the Angels. So what do you do every day? What does your job entail? So what I love about my job is there are no 
days that are like the other. They're always different. <laughs> and that makes it exciting. It makes it interesting. Um, sometimes it's frustrating. You know, I have my list of I'm going to accomplish this today. And at the end of the day, I haven't done one thing that I thought I was going to do during the day. But that's also what keeps me going and motivated. I work on anything from complex contract negotiations to HR and personnel matters to financial decisions, audit. Obviously, in the COVID environment right now, the projections and the financial analysis and the preparation has been intense. I also oversee technology. I see my role as asking the questions and helping drive kind of the decisions and they always have the answers. My goal is to try to figure out how to how do we get the organization where it needs to be based on what I see out in the landscape as well as then their knowledge of how to get us there. So on any given day, for, for good or for bad, exciting, engaging, always different. There's not a dullness to to what I do. So I, I'm very fortunate for that. You and I have talked about this before. There are certain skill sets in a business environment that women really excel at. What are those skill sets for you? I don't feel that I'm ego-based. I try to really hear and understand and listen for understanding, particularly like in a negotiation environment or even in a business environment on hard topics and subject matters of what is this person really trying to say and convey? Through being a good listener, I think that helps you be a good deal maker, be a good negotiator. Your productivity increases because you really understand all that's at play. What are my barriers to success and getting something accomplished? What is the other side if it's a negotiation trying to accomplish? And is there any meat in the middle? Or how do I navigate around things? I believe women intuitively and naturally have that gift. And to be able to take advantage or use that in a business environment, why not take that to my best advantage? I've also heard you talk about the importance of being prepared. I have always found myself to be someone that, you know, you talk about pushing through, you know, self-doubt or fear. It's very important to me to be prepared. I don't like walking into in a meeting or environment, not to say that I can't think on my feet, but particularly in situations where you have the opportunity to be prepared, you know, to do my homework, to understand what is going to be discussed, to already have my own opinions or thoughts before, before I walk in, you're able to then contribute uniquely based on your lens and your perspective versus like the group think that might happen if you didn't really have a chance to be prepared. I also think I, I'm pretty resilient person. And the reason resiliency matters is things don't always have to go my way. I can be wrong. I can misunderstand. I can accept criticism. Criticism is obviously hard. I mean, I'm human, but it doesn't mean it has to get me off my game. I can learn from it, figure out how to make adjustments and move forward. And I think that's really important because it's prevented me from getting dug in or getting too hurt. I, I had something really just last year that was kind of a blow. Like I thought I was contributing in a way and then got some feedback that I needed to redirect or that I was off track. And I had a period of time where I was kind of hurt by it. And Pretty, it almost seemed silly. It's like, look, I was doing my job. I was doing the best that I knew how to do. 
okay, I'm going to take this feedback. And now what do I, now how do I move forward? How do I take my ego out of it and focus on the job at hand? Because that's really what I'm here for. Okay. I'm going to shift gears for a minute. Molly, one thing that amazes me about you is that you take part in these complex, high profile, high dollar contract negotiations. So your bosses must see you as this master strategist. So how do you get yourself ready before you go into these meetings where you're essentially going in as your organization's secret weapon? Oh, <laughs> oh that's funny. You know, my, my personality, my style, you know, being a woman, I think in some instances, it just as a woman in the room, it might come across that, oh, there's, you know, Molly, she's nice, she's friendly, she's this or that. But because of stuff I talked about earlier, just with being prepared and doing my homework and, you know, knowing what the business objectives are, and, and I don't, to me, business is business and trying not to get too caught up in, in emotion of a negotiation or, or whatnot. I have been in many settings where I'm the choice participant because to at least be in the room because one, because of the listening skills and reading the room, but also that I will hold to the task and then do it in a, in a nice professional way that is, especially in a dynamic with a bunch of men, they might not expect me to speak up and be like, well, here's the deal or here's the structure. or Here's what we're looking for, or what we need. You know, I hear you saying this. And so I have been fortunate enough to be included in a lot of meetings that, you wouldn't necessarily think, would I be there or not because of having that balance. I was in a negotiation and, and it was a settlement and we, we were having a tough time and I was already at a number I didn't want to be at and little boxed into a corner and was trying to get some approval on what direction to take and didn't get the approval, but I had kind of what I, what was my number and walk away. And, and I got up and I left the meeting and I didn't get the call back till I was in the parking lot. And I, the message was leave the meeting, you're done. And I was like, well, thank God, cause I'm in my car. <laughs> and so the ability to, to do that, to look at me, you wouldn't necessarily think, is she really going to pack her stuff up and walk out? And I'm sure the attorney's thought I was crazy to do it. And there was a lot of risk, you know, you, you don't know in that situation. And that's where, you know, having the confidence, uh, I had a lot of self-doubt, like this could really unravel. We could, it could cost us multiples more in money based on this decision, but I have to make the best choice that I have in front of me right now. And I did what I thought was the right thing to do. It, it had risks and, you know, I could have been paralyzed by fear or not having direction on what to do. Fortunately, it worked out and that's So I've had, some, I've had some good success rate that has been helpful as well. Wow. It seems like you have to rely a lot on your intuition in your day-to-day -day job. So I don't think intuition is learned. I think it's something that we have. So in your lifetime, have you ever had to make a decision or have you ever made a decision based on your intuition? So a situation where you knew in your head you needed to go in one direction or you should have gone in one direction and yet your intuition took you in a completely different direction? Leaving the oil industry and going into sports. I had a incredible job 
well compensated, moving up, had a lot of opportunities through the merger. I was really well positioned, just got my MBA. But there was something inside me, really, making me pick up my head and look out and look at sports or entertain. And I wasn't sure what it was, but trusting that instinct and saying, you know what, I'm at a place where I feel like something's calling me in this other direction and I'm going to follow it and see where it leads me. I could have failed. I could have not found a great job. I could have regretted leaving. And, you know, there's so many things that could have happened, but I really trusted that that was something for me to consider and pursue. And and I remember the people closest to me, my own parents, family members were like, what are you doing? And, you know, and that's hard when you have other people around you who you respect their opinion and they know you for your entire life, asking you some really hard questions about what you're doing. But that's, I think, what helped me. And and I think that's that concept is even something that I has carried me throughout even my career with the angels and, and now with other things that I get in, involved with. You know, is it is it calling me in a way that is something to pursue, to help me learn, to help me grow? You know, do I see a vision of where I want to go and listen to that voice? And and that and it's hard because we're all moving so fast and we have so much on our plate to figure that out. I've actually been talking to somebody and reading and writing about to write it out, try to create a vision and figure out what is your why. And I'm fascinated by all of that because I think that's something you carry with you for your life. I'm so glad to hear you say that because that level of introspection is so important. Now let's talk about something that you and I are very passionate about. It's the Girl Scouts of Orange County. You chair the board and I am on the board and we are dedicated to building courage, confidence, and character in our girls of Orange County. So what led you to take part in this very important organization? I kind of stumbled on it, to be honest. I was a Girl Scout growing up, like I mentioned, and I we talk about building girls of courage, confidence, and character. And when I look back on my experiences, I I believe that. And I happened to be speaking at an event. And during the Q&A, and it was a similar type conversation, somebody asked, like, what in your youth or your past do you really attribute it to? And, And I said, the Girl Scouts. And I hadn't really thought about it in years. You know, I was a Girl Scout through high school. And then after that time, you go to college and I'm focused on a career and I didn't realize there was a way that I could contribute back. I I didn't have girls in scouting. I, you know, wasn't engaged back into scouting at the troop level. And so when I brought up Girl Scouts, there of course was someone in the audience that was on like board development or whatever and had an outreach call. And I realized this, this makes sense to me. This is a place where I can learn, I can grow, but I can also add value. And it's a mission that I believe very strongly about. I believe that what the Girl Scouts deliver to the girls of Orange, Girl Scouts of Orange County, all the girls really throughout the U.S. that are involved in Girl Scouting, those skills and in that environment to outside of just the academic environment where you can try on things, see, do you like, you know, through 
through different programs, what, what where, where are your strengths? Where are your weaknesses? What, what do you like? And I think playing that way and helps you learn about yourself, but also gives you confidence. You know, I, I know from Girl Scouts, you know, I can climb, I can repel, I can shoot a bow. I can, I learned those types of activities, but there's also a confidence that that builds in yourself. Cause I also did never, would never think of myself directly as a salesperson. And I've heard people say, you are the most sales oriented finance person I've ever met. Well, maybe it's from my cookie sales, you know, from, from what I learned being able to just, and I was one of those Girl Scouts back in the day when you, well, I guess we still do a little bit, you know, set up tables. I was, was a red lobster in my town where I grew up and I'd, I'd con any family member because you had to have an adult. I remember dragging my grandmother down there to set up a table so I could sell because I, you know, I had to have so many sales and, and, and to this day, like if a Girl Scout asked me to buy cookies, it's a yes, because they had the courage to make the ask. You know, and that's really important to me to reward that ask because that's teaching them ask, stand up, ask. I, I won't do it if it's a parent. I will say if it's a mom, like, yeah, <laughs> that's like my own little personal rule. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. One of my friends brought her daughter over and she had her big red wagon full of cookies. And the next thing you know, my mom and I bought 17 boxes. Yeah. But, but that's what Girl Scouts teaches and delivers. And who knows what she'll do career-wise. But you know that she has had the opportunity to, to have that experience that's building part of who she will become, which that's what's tremendous about, about the Girl Scouts. I've just been super impressed with all of the girls that I've met since I've been on the board because they are so articulate and confident. They have amazing public speaking skills and they're great leaders. Yeah. The the girls advisors on our board and all the gold award girls it's incredible. If you were to talk to your younger self and give yourself some advice, what would that advice be? Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> um I it's taken me a long time and I'm still not I'm highly analytical. And the, all the scenario playing that I did in my head and the worrying, I feel like I didn't need to do as much of that. I could have been more in the mode of, you know, make good choices, follow the next yes. To not say there wasn't any self-doubt is not true because there was, because otherwise that's why you get in your head so much, you know, and it's, it's a hard place at least for me, to remove myself to just say, I've got today and I'm going to do the best with today and I don't need to get too far ahead of myself. I'm going to just keep doing my my best. And, and, and I kind of lived that way to begin with, but I know inside there was a lot of, of more hamster on the wheel spiraling than probably needed and have a little more fun. Yeah. You know, deliberate fun. Deliberate fun. I think that's a good one. If we can just quiet the voices in our head. Again, that's uh, it just slows us down whenever we listen to the voices, unless they're positive thoughts, I think. Yes. Yeah. No, I was going to say, yes, we tend to only focus on the negative ones and not the positive, because I don't know if we think that that's conceited or not humble or whatever, but trying to turn negative experiences, okay, where's the positive in this? And I'm going to, what what are my strengths? Let me play to my strength. Yeah. No, Absolutely. This was amazing. Thank you, Molly, so much for coming on the show. 
Oh, well, it's absolutely my pleasure. I love speaking with you. I love talking about you and your experiences. I hope it was helpful to you and to others. I truly value you as a listener and would love to show my appreciation. Visit me at GinaLOsborne.com and I will send you a free ebook called Five Strategies to Navigate a Male-Dominated Workplace. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and are feeling inspired, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite listening platform. Lead Like a Lady with Gina L. Osborne is produced and edited by Lisa Osborne. Theme music is Leading Lady by retired IRS criminal investigation attache Clarissa Balmaceda featuring Alex Castillo. Find us on social media through GinaLOsborne.com slash LeadLikeALady. And don't miss an episode. Subscribe to Lead Like a Lady with Gina L. Osborne wherever you get your podcasts. 